Welcome to Fandom Fighters, Episode 4. I am Fern, and I am here with Toby once again. Yeah, it's going to be me and you, and uh, I think the next episode we might have a guest, but don't quote me on that. And uh, generally, just behind the scenes, a little look at this. We do record in order and release in order. We don't do like a, a batch of like, here's all these different topics. It, it's it's serial recorded and published. So mm. just because that's how uh, I have to do things with my ADHD. <laughs> if I don't do it in order, I will I will forget and we'll have lost episodes that no one will ever see. Yes. Uh, Which might add so, to our mysterious lore, but wouldn't be good. For... I don't. I don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have enough mysterious lore going on in the D and D podcast. That's true. Um, which it has a name, but it, people aren't going to get it until we put some stuff out. It, Morningwood presents uh, is our other podcast that we're working on. Is a D and D one. Uh, this season is called uh, Born in Shadows. Check it out also on Acast. Uh, let's get into talking about fandom stuff, though. Yes. So today's topic is one that I am pretty well versed on, and it is book Twitter. Excellent. So today's topic is book Twitter. I am pretty active in at least following a lot of big book Twitter community people. I follow a lot of authors. I follow a lot of booktubers. There's a whole, it's pretty interesting, there's a whole split in the book community. So you've got the authors, and you've got like the YA authors and the not YA authors. Uh, Then you've got the booktubers that have book YouTube channels. Then you've got the bookstagrammers. And then there's the weird land of like Facebook book groups. Uh, And every single one draws like a different type of person. And just because I like social media and I like analyzing communities, I'm in all of them, basically. I have a bookstagram, actually. I'm going to shamelessly plug my bookstagram. It's Margins and Meadows, and I'll put a link in our description if you want to follow that. Excellent. I didn't know that. That's a it's a revelation to me. Yes, I don't keep up with it very well because my reading is so sporadic, but I do take pictures of books and I make aesthetic boards for them. I follow exactly well, I follow two authors. One is an author for uh visual novel games. Uh cool. their most recent one is Arcade Spirits, which is a really good queer representation. Uh, visual novel romance game and the other one is a a wonderful author sue burke and she wrote a series of books um which are called semiosis i think is the semiosis is the first one and interference is the second one um and i'll talk about her a little bit because like i don't talk about book stuff a lot i listen to a lot of audiobooks because i can't sit down and I can't, we have ADHD, I can't sit down and read anymore. Right. If I do that, I get, I get bored. Even though I'm reading something that I like, I, I, I'll get bored reading because I'm not getting stimulus enough. Stim, stimulus? I'm getting stimu, <laughs> stimulated enough. So I have to like listen, I listen to a lot of audiobooks while I'm at work. And Semiosis, I'm going to, it's another shameless plug of somebody else. And I, I will never accept uh, any money from Suburk. But it's a, it's a very cool sci-fi story about a plant that's alive um, and it, it's super interesting and i highly recommend it uh if you i'll put the i'll drop the link here so go check out in the description semiosispacks.com you'll probably never be able to spell it unless you look at <laughs> the link that we're going to put in the description 
but it's very good. I'm gonna put very that good. book on my TBR, also known as my to be read. Yes, it's on Audible. That's where I listened to it, and it was it's so good. It covers a lot of very interesting science fiction topics. Love the sci-fi. Need to get more into sci-fi. Uh, uh, also, another shameless plug: check out Bobaverse. Just that's just for you, Fern. Bobaverse is very good on Audible. I will. Very good. I'm not gonna. That's more popular, so I'm not gonna plug it at all. Cool. Just look it up. It's funny. I haven't heard of any of these, which usually I have. That's the thing about creative fields is that there's so many things that come so out. So much. Um, and and I'll talk about some of the weird stuff that I've seen on Audible later on in the episode. Because uh, oh, yeah. there is a lot of strange things. That's so true. There are a lot of very weird books on Audible. I've been advertised some strange Audible originals. I, I bet you that my Audibles are weirder than yours. Oh, absolutely. Okay. I'm sure. Mine are just like weird, fake fan fiction audiobooks <laughs> that somehow got published. Yeah, yeah. Mine are a lot weirder than that. So, book Twitter is the modern day like fan fiction outside of archive of our own and, and, and any other fan fiction stuff mm-hmm. it, a lot of stuff happens on twitter i'm sure oh yeah. yeah there i feel like there's a new you know how how there's a, a main character of twitter almost every day and you never want to be the twitter main character yes i know exactly what you mean mm-hmm. there i feel like there's a new main character on book twitter every day and it's sometimes the same twitter main character and sometimes it's a different one there's just all kinds of debate on book Twitter. Most of it I don't want to cover because it deals with like racism and homophobia, and that's just not really what we're about on this podcast. I just don't want to bring everybody down. However, some of it gets pretty goofy, especially young adult book Twitter. I don't know what it is that draws in these bizarre stories but anybody who has been on ya book twitter at all will probably have heard about at least one of these that's it's such a weird thing because it, it it's that intersection of adults and children yes <laughs> and it, that's where you're always gonna run into some weird shit mm-hmm. and especially with like the harry potter fans uh-huh. you can see now uh, how weird people are like looking back at the snape wives episode yeah um which was less snape wives and more chaos but uh-huh. we'll, we'll we'll leave that uh-huh. as it is one thing about ya book twitter is these people are pretty educated the authors especially you know they know about how to interact with teens online what is and isn't appropriate and the fans of ya book twitter who aren't always teens there you know there are people my age i'm 27 who still read young adult which there's nothing wrong with that um, as yeah, much as some people sure. will try to say uh so there's a lot of like queer people in the ya book community there's a lot of representation in the books and so the people who want to see that are really drawn to the community uh, so there's a lot of really good discussion that goes on on YA Book Twitter. I've learned a lot uh, through participating in and watching these discussions happen. But there's a lot of dumb shit that happens too. And that's what <laughs> we're going to be focusing on. Excellent. Uh, so our first story has to do with uh, somebody that you book Twitter and book fans may know. And then somebody who... 
the general population will probably know. Um, so we're talking about Maggie Stiefvater and Halsey. Okay, I know Halsey. <laughs> I also know what otters are, and I've heard the name Ma- We have a friend named Maggie, so I know that we name. We do. And that Maggie probably knows about this Maggie, because that Maggie okay. is a book fan. So shout out Excellent. to all the Maggies. Um, but the- I've only met one bad Maggie in my life. <laughs> so, I've met quite a few Maggies, now that I think about it, but there's only the one bad Maggie. So generally good name. Yes. Yeah, I feel like uh, there is some... They have done studies about people um, acting like their name. Uh, and, like, what you're named does sort of influence the way you behave a little bit, and it does sort of influence the way people perceive you. Yeah, it it does. I, I think about that a lot, actually, because, like, as a baby, when you hear the different sounds, you know, it, it changes the way your brain develops. It's very yeah. interesting. Um, I could go way off topic about language, but I will not. I'll keep it on topic. Yeah, well, let's not. Let's let's keep it on this weirdo topic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Maggie Stiefvater is the author of a very popular young adult series called The Raven Cycle, uh, which was published, I want to say, in the early 2010s. Uh, and the last book came out like a couple of years ago. Uh, but she also wrote those werewolf books from the early 2000s i think the first one was called called shiver and the cop or the cover has trees like the silhouette of trees on it uh so i knew about her because i'd seen that cover i think maybe i'd read the werewolf book um i never i don't know i i don't know any of these the first thing you said the raven cycle i just imagined like a cool bird on a motorcycle which Um, is really funny because that's you know that's a little bit what it is Okay, that's that's good. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Uh, it's more like teen boys driving cool cars, but there is a lot of raven imagery. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, speaking of cars, uh, have you? There's a series of Zachary Quinto. Um, I I think it's called Nosferatu. Hold on, what's that called? Oh, did Joe Hill write that? Quinto Nos. Yeah, it's like Nos Four A Two. Yeah, that's a a book that Stephen King's son wrote. Really? That's I didn't know it was Stephen King's son. Um it's a best-selling novel. It, it uh, my I've I've watched a few episodes of it. They went they I don't want to spoil anything, but they go to Santa's workshop and there's evil elves or something. Oh. Um and there's a car that sucks life out, but some people can go I don't know. It's crazy. It's it's an insane story that I gave too much of a hard time to and it got me into some trouble uh, <laughs> with my old roommates. That's I, was funny. Little, I was being a little too heated about how weird it was. Um but it, it it's a very odd concept that probably is very well executed and I just gave it a too hard time. And I just want to apologize to Zachary Quinto uh personally. Sorry Zach. <laughs> I have such a crush on Zachary Quinto. So I will watch that Ever since I saw him eating brains in Heroes, I've always liked him. <laughs> uh, I first watched him in the new Star Trek movies, and him as really? Spock just was weirdly hot to me. Yeah, he's a good, very good Spock. Yeah. I don't actually think about it now. I think that he did not eat the brains of the other uh, heroes. I'm pretty sure he just studied the, like, the connections their brains had. Uh, and everybody thought he ate the brains because he took them with him or threw them away or something. <laughs> I think that was a joke. That's not something you want somebody to... uh... You still don't want somebody to scoop your brain out to steal your powers. I get it. Uh, Heroes is a good show. Dead for its time. Rest in peace. Oh, yeah. 
fuck, I totally forgot about that show. Anyway, oh yeah, this is important. Cars feature heavily in the Raven Cycle books. Uh, I think Maggie Steve Otter herself is like a car enthusiast. Um, she actually lives in the same state as me. And so I went to a book signing of hers and she had people sign something to go over her fancy car, which was interesting. And so in the book, one of them, there's a somewhat romantic scene between two characters where they go for a drive together in his fancy car. So a bunch of fans pointed out to Maggie Stiefvater, who's very active on the internet and interacts with her fans a lot. Uh, she had a Tumblr where people would interact with her, and now she's on Twitter. They pointed out that the Halsey song Drive really fit the characters and fit this one scene. This is a very interesting phenomenon, like, well, it reminds me of one that I'll talk about in a second, but I want to hear where this goes. So people tweeted at Maggie that Halsey's song Drive fit these two characters and specifically this scene really well. They were like, oh, I, I put this song on my playlist for these characters. And Maggie decides to um, respond, not to a specific person, but she just responds to this concept. She tweets, it's not a Camaro she's talking about driving, okay? It's just when Halsey sings, my hands wrapped around your stick shift, she does not, uh, mean a, it's not, you're a writer, Steve Otter, try, use your words. Man, how do I put this in a Twitter-appropriate way? I have five more messages telling me Halsey's drive is clearly based on a specific Blue and Gansey scene because it describes it exactly. Guys, don't you have, don't you people have mothers to tell you these things? Why do I have to explain this? I know there are eight words that seem relevant to Blue. The words are, would it really kill you if we kissed? But I assure you, in context, it's hyperbole. She's referring to driving a different model entirely, if you get my drift. Okay. She says, then she says, to be fair, you must now all go ask Halsey if she's heard of Maggie Stiefvater. Wait, 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 that's a joke. Don't torment Halsey until she twitches at my name, regardless of how she feels about my books. Okay. So I, I thought this was something else when you got into it. Uh, I thought maybe there's this... Uh, it's this weird effect or sensation called crypto cryptomnesia, mm. which occurs when a forgotten memory returns without it being recognized as such by the subject who believes it is something new and original. Well, I thought I thought the song came first, and the song fit the scene very well. So, like maybe she accidentally like plagiarized from a song the scene. Right. But it could also go the other way, where maybe. Like Halsey had seen this scene or something, you know. It's this just remind me of the the effect of cryptomnesia, which happens um, uh, to me a lot. Yeah, and I feel like uh, people argue that like uh, comedians will steal jokes, and then it's like, oh, I you know, I just nothing is really original. I probably heard that joke and then thought it was my own. Yeah, yeah, that ha it happens a lot in the comedic circles. There are some people who are absolute plagiarizers. Oh yeah, there are some things where like. Uh, you know, a good joke is a good joke. That's that's yeah. the end of it. 
So I think what fans were saying uh, was that uh, they thought that maybe Halsey had read The Raven Cycle and then wrote this song based on the book. And Maggie was like, not only is that probably false, but also uh, this song has a sexual connotation that you guys I don't think are picking up on. And my characters aren't, you know, having sex in the in the books. Okay, I gotcha. Um, Yeah. So then Halsey tags Maggie in a tweet and says, are you an adult or what? She says, yo, who are you? You're acting like a baby. A lot of my fans love your work and that's sick. Grow up. She said, that's sick as in, it's cool my listeners relate my music to your work. Your outburst is ridiculous. So she's saying that's sick as in, it's really cool. Yeah, she's like, it's really cool that fans are seeing this connection between our art and are pointing it out to you and you're mocking them um i didn't i didn't take it as mocking really like I, i'm looking at a weird outsider's perspective it's like yeah she's like alluding to her characters it's it's such a weird topic uh, uh-huh. because on the one hand you know it, it it is important to represent um i don't want to get fucking blasted on the internet for saying these things uh-huh. but to word them very specifically right it is important to represent certain things that everyone goes through in their life when they're young. And it's also important to know when to shut the fuck up about some things that people go through and wait till they're older to talk about it. Exactly. And it's perfectly fine for an adult to allude to things, but don't mm-hmm. uh, write out scenes, please. Yes. Yeah. This, this happens in anime a lot where I mean, oh, yeah. the culture is different in Japan. I get it. Right. Uh, but also a lot of perverts do a lot of pervert stuff. It, yeah. it happens. Yeah. That that's been a big discussion in uh book Twitter discourse. It's actually also in D D production discourse. Really? Um, one of my favorite series, Dimension Twenty. Uh they have a, a series called Fantasy High where all the players it's like their flagship D D thing. Um so Fantasy High is all the uh or all the actors playing teenage characters mm. and there's some like romantic context and that's fine you can like role yeah. play like young romance um there are also some scenes where uh it's it's played as a joke at first where it's like one of the young female characters is like hey this adult is hitting on me shut stop doing that right uh, and the, the the adult character's not doing it but the, the actor who does it continues to like play into like oh my character's actually just like constantly wants to be in relationships with adults and that's where things get really weird for it Mm. um because i mean it's something that happens in real life but you don't want to portray it and it's i don't think it overall detracts from the quality of fantasy high it's something that you have to like look at and be like okay why is this weird right uh and like the the person played it is like i get where they're coming from and portraying like a young girl who uh has a fixation on older men you know what i mean i get it i get it i don't think she had to get into it as much as she did but she did and it's you know it's out there and now it's a discussion to be had yeah it's important to have those conversations and and understand where the line needs to be drawn cool Uh, we we, we wrapped up a thought that's insane (laughs) i know maybe for the first time ever the first time and probably the last time in the series yeah, don't get used to it, folks. Um, so the the Twitter exchange continues. Um, 
Maggie says, I get that I'm being told to grow up and chill. I'm going to ask for it again. Some goddamn understanding and a few less hand jobs in my inbox. So basically, she's implying that the song is about hand jobs, and she's upset that people are uh, taking that song and applying it to an innocent scene in her okay. novel. I get it. I get where she's coming from. Yeah. I don't think she has to say it the way she did, but I, I would be upset like if uh, characters that I had... Uh, we talk about this with a character idea for our new series that we don't want um, to be responsible for putting some things out into the world. Yeah. And I get that. And I, I would be very upset if I had seen... Like, if we went through with the character and uh, played them out, and then, you know, the inevitable happens on the internet... Um, it would be very frustrating to know that. And that's why we, we curtailed it in the first place. But also it's going to happen with characters, regardless of what we do. Right. Um, people are going to be weirdos on the internet. It happens. Mm-hmm. Um, I would not react this way, I don't think. I might get heated. Who knows? I, I have a habit of, like, if I want to stop an argument, I will, like, end it as harshly and quickly as possible. Because, like, right. that's the easiest way to do it sometimes. Yeah. Um, so I get it. I get where she's coming from. I understand uh, having to be careful and uh, really aware of how you're reacting with teen fans online when you're an adult. And it, it can get, there is a hot debate about uh, like sexual content in young adult novels and what is too far and what is appropriate, especially when an adult is writing it and teens are consuming it. So for somebody to imply that, you know, she's writing something inappropriate in her novels when she's not, that could be frustrating. Um, but you also have to remember, I think, that, you know, other celebrities on the internet, even if they're bigger than you, are still people. And when you tag them, uh, they're able to see it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Halsey responds, hand jobs. It's literally about sitting in a car, being too nervous to confess love to someone. But I let people interpret it. That is an important thing too. Is like some like you can set up in the story that you you can have characters have sex without ever even saying they have sex. Yeah. Very easily, and like I, I think it's safe to assume. You know, a lot of things when you when you read a story, it's like, all right, I'm going to apply my life experiences to this. And if your life right. experiences were like being young and doing stuff that you shouldn't have been doing, then you're going to apply those things. It's yeah. just how it, how it is. Yeah. And if 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 something is written appropriately by an adult uh, and then a teen reads that and applies their own life experiences to that, that's fine. Yeah. And we, we run into issues where you start like making assumptions of how other people is, make assumptions about how you're yes. making assumptions. It, that's where we're getting into the weird spots. Yeah, where, where pe- when people are like, oh, this scene that was about romantic tension was actually about hand jobs. It's like, let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> let's not apply our own logic to somebody else's writing. She's the one with hand jobs on the brain, like at that point. Yeah, yeah. It, it's... I get I get into the hand job zone too, but I get it. <laughs> I understand. I I go to that little little part of my brain too. I get it. You don't have to drag everybody else there with you. I took a sip of soda right as you said I get into the hand job zone too. <laughs> I'm I almost sorry. choked. 
It's okay. It's not That's, your fault. I just want to set precedent for people that don't know. <laughs> the, the people that don't... Okay, this is a little side thing for just to uh -huh. know me as a content creator a little better. Mm -hmm. um, for a while, when I was streaming on Twitch, I put as the most wholesome uh, Twitch streamer alive and that's a fucking lie <laughs> and i put it on there as like a, a ironic thing because i would talk about all sorts of stupid shit while uh -huh. streaming and my old roommates would get mad at me like are you pretend like you're such a wholesome person but you say all this stuff like yeah that's the joke <laughs> that's that I, it's like the, the whole joke is that i don't understand what being wholesome is um and that's part of the like this twitch personality and i was never like gross or weird about it I, we just yeah. like i would just talk about like whatever was on my mind and sometimes you go to like, you know, we'll talk about sex. I'm an adult. I talk about sex stuff. My stream was always marketed or not marketed. It was limited, but 18 and plus. So like if somebody younger got into it, it'd be their fault. Like, right. It, it, there, there are placeholders, stuff in, in place to keep young viewers from my content. Exactly. Um, it's not your job to police every child on the yes. internet when you've put up every warning that it's yep. not for them. Um, you know, I, there's times where I had to ban young viewers because they'd come yeah. like, oh, I'm actually 13. I'm like, no, you're not. Get out of here. Banned. Yeah, don't, See ya. don't say that. <laughs> it, yeah. That's funny because I'm sort of, maybe not the opposite, but uh, I'm 5'3", uh, sort of a awkward, soft-spoken person in person. Mm -hmm. And I, I did that thing where there was a post that was like, Put this on your timeline and have people tell you how intimidating they think you are from a scale of one to ten. Oh yeah. And all yeah. of my all of my replies were one. Like I'm the least intimidating person on the planet to people. But deep down I am a cranky, annoyed person who also really loves like evil characters. <laughs> It's like, you guys think I'm this little cinnamon roll, but I'm a villain fucker. <laughs> yeah. And like, I'm not, despite my, uh, you know, awkwardness and cinnamon roll exterior, inside it's slightly less fluffy, but still, I don't know, I guess somewhat wholesome. There's a little spicier on the inside, I get it. Yeah, I'm, I'm a cinnamon roll with like a single jalapeno in the center. Yeah, and that's um, going back to, first off I responded on that Facebook post and said you were a 10 because all women scare me. Uh, that's true, you were like the <laughs> one person who uh, didn't put one. <laughs> yeah, and then also it's like being a dungeon master and like having our, our our first campaign that we're doing is like a practice run is very like wholesome and fun and like anime and like we get into like some darker stuff in the recent stuff we did but even that like ended on like a good note and yeah. stuff was served um i i take a lot of inspiration from again dimension 20's brennan lee mulligan and you know college humor is brennan lee mulligan he's a very mm. funny person i i look up to him a lot and uh he has a little thing where he talks about some of his time DMing, and he was like, oh, my characters were having a lot of fun, and they, what, what was the story? He, they went to meet this witch in the woods, and they loved her, and she's super nice, and, like, the campaign was going uh, well, so I took offense to that, and they came back to town, and the witch was hanging in the middle of the town, and it's like, that's the kind of DM I actually am, so I'm excited to see in the, in the continuation here, uh, in oh, our new series, how, how dark I'm going to get, and how much whiplash all the other players are going to get. Yes! Um... And it, it's it's gonna be a lot of fun, and that's like one of my favorite things to do. Like, is to 
uh, subvert expectation yes. as a creative content maker. That's where it's like for a little bit my my Twitch stuff was like it was like children's book themed. Mm. Like it, it didn't work out very long because like I couldn't get the artist that did it to actually work with me on anything, and like I liked the stuff that she made, but she, like she just gave up on it after she was done making the initial stuff and went on yeah. to do some other stuff. I was like, this isn't really what I wanted, and I tried to explain it to her and blah blah blah. But I I ended up dodging that or dip dumping that stuff and moving on to doing my own thing. Um, but it's it's that whiplash of which makes comedy so good, where you uh, subvert expectation to make something funny or terrifying, and yes. it's, it, it can go either way. And that's my favorite type of storytelling. It, it's good, uh, very good. And that's kind of like where this like whole beginning has already taken me. It's like I thought. I thought so many different things just going through the story, and then the author just got real mad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it keeps going. Maggie says, clearly you're in for a fight. I'm not in for a fight. I'm not going to call you names or escalate. And Halsey says, no, you took the opportunity to tell my listeners that my song was about handjobs. Quote, a different kind of stick shift. She says, um... Let me figure out which way I'm reading this. The way Twitter used to be, it was like in the wrong order. Yeah, that's where's kind of a weird, weird layout just in general. Yeah. Definitely um, something that was designed for like, here's a quick thought I had and that's it. Yep. I'll just read it in this order and see if it makes sense. Halsey then says this whole thing is because my fans told me she's having a temper tantrum because they relate drive to her book are we adults she says the whole point of this is that i agree people have freedom to interpret and she's telling her fans they can't uh maggie steve otter you obviously escalated when you went on a tweet binge mocking me and my fans said you made them feel stupid simply defending Art is open for interpretation. If someone ever tells you you're stupid for how you relate to art, mine or anyone else's, fuck them. And then it ends with, I used Halsey, or it ends with Maggie saying, I used Halsey as a long-running joke on my Twitter because I thought she'd never see it. It was like joking, it was like joking about, I don't know, Elvis. And Halsey responds, quote, I advocate for celebrities to be seen as people. And then a separate quote, I used Halsey as a long-running joke on Twitter because I didn't think she'd see. Jeez. Yeah, that's... <laughs> Halsey wins. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about that, really. Yeah, it's... that's the common consensus from people. That, that just, Maggie got, uh, got a little toasted on that one. And, you know, I hope Maggie's kind of taken things in stride and grown from the, the exchange. Um, but damn, <laughs> she got her. Yeah, she, she got roasted. Uh, so that's a a big, you know, there'll be tweets that are like, what's your favorite crazy young adult Twitter community drama? And somebody always jumps in and says Maggie Steve Otter versus Halsey. It's oh, just yeah. like the the convergence of two very different fandoms, I guess. And one like pretty famous celebrity versus somebody who's kind of just a celebrity in their own circle. It's just very interesting, and the exchange was hilarious. Uh, yeah, Th this is a wild ride, and I'm just like, I'm slightly reading ahead because I know we're moving on to the next thing now. <laughs> and this is very interesting, knowing a bit about how 
Have you ever heard the term industry plant? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I so, ha- I'm actually drafting a- another episode about uh, an industry plant. Is that the TikTok ladies? Yes. Okay, yeah. The I can't remember the name of the, the uh, obviously the... Uh, <laughs> not queer queer band. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, I can't that remember their wild... name either, but... Like Pussy Riot, maybe? No, it doesn't sound... Eh. No, that's a, no, that's a real band. That's a real band. Okay, yeah. I have it written down. Hold on. Because it's just going to drive me crazy if I can't. Yeah, if we can't, we'll, we'll be thought, lost in that thought forever. The Tramp Stamps. Tramp Stamps, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just love the name Pussy Riot. It's a good band name. Yeah, it is a really good name. Tramp Stamps is a good name, too. Is They just fucked it up by being bad at what they do. Yeah, they ruined it. All right. So talking <laughs> one industry plant to the next. and Well, yes. into the past of industry plants, I guess. Let's Let's start talking about this next one. So this next one is about a book that made it onto the New York Times bestseller list in 2017. Which is a whole thing on its own. It's not New York Times bestseller list is a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, if you could read this quote that I have here, this is the uh, synopsis for the novel. Will you highlight it real quick? Please, uh... Yeah. That's why I'm looking. Okay, yeah, that's what I was looking at. All right. Zade Holder has always been a free-spirited young woman. From a long dynasty of tarot card readers, fortune tellers, and practitioners of magic. With a K. (laughs) Growing up in a small town and never quite fitting in, Zade is determined to forge her own path. Okay, that's a young adult tagline. I get it. Yeah. It doesn't really tell you much about what the book is going to contain. No, it's concise. It tells you what it needs to tell you. Even more interesting, I think, is the author biography for the person who wrote this book. It's a little long, but I think it's worth reading all of it. It says, I think it's Lonnie, so that's how I'm going to pronounce it. Lonnie Serum basically grew up in the entertainment industry. She began acting at age three and continued to act and perform through her early years. Lonnie began writing scripts when she was 11. Over the years, she has become a jack-of-all-trades in the entertainment business. She became a rock and rolly G-word. Okay, yeah, I didn't know what the G-word was at first, and that's yeah. just not good. That's uh, bad. <laughs> so, strike one, we've got a yes. slur big, in big her biography. Became a G-word at 15 and started touring with bands and working on festivals she's toured with everyone from ryan adams to gnarles barkley strike two who is gonna brag about touring with those two i don't know i gnarles barkley i like that one song they did but yeah it's like these are like i don't know anything else about them also she's how old is she 15 and she's going around with grown men yeah. I don't understand. I don't like that. And the our entertainment industry is kind of fucked up. Uh, mm-hmm. Without getting into all the conspiracy theory stuff, it's just knowing like that it is a fucked up system with fucked up people in it. Yeah. Um, so that's already that's like three red flags right in that sentence. Uh huh. She also became one of the youngest female managers in the business and managed bands like the Plain White Tees, One Hundred Monkeys, and Blues Traveler. Again, not the biggest bands you know not the not yeah. the most famous bands i've ever Plain heard of. white tees is the only one i know of 
And blues, I've heard of Blues Traveler, but I don't yeah. know them off top I'm of my head. I'm not familiar. Uh, I also, I, now that I've looked her up, I know who this person is. Really? Yeah, I've seen her. I don't know like anything specific about her. Okay. But I recognize her. Cool. Uh, Lonnie has appeared in films like Mall Cop 2, uh-huh. Jason Bourne, and Trailer Park Shark. Again, only heard of one of them, unless that's Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. It is, yeah, which... Mall Cop 2. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely is. I would There's never... no other mall cop movies. I refuse to accept any other ones. <laughs> I would never brag about being in Paul Blart 2. You know, Maybe it... if I was in Paul Blart 1, but even then. Yeah, that it's a weird pull. Jason Bourne, definitely very cool. Don't know what Trailer yeah, Park Shark yeah. is. I, You know what, though? Based off the title, I'd probably watch it. I, yeah, that's probably the coolest one on that list. Uh, Handbook for Mortals is a debut novel of a series of books, which are also being made into feature films. You can follow Lonnie on her social networks to keep up with her many adventures, and look out for her at Wizard World Comic Con near you. Uh, just, just quickly, Trailer Park Shark A looks like a pretty funny movie, and B, she is like one, two, three, four, five, six. 19. She's twentieth listed in the um, uh, actors wow. lineup, and it's not uh, alphabetical. So oh, if that boy. tells you anything, yeah. So she's like, I was an extra on the set of this movie for two seconds, yeah. but I'm uh, gonna she... put it in the bio for my novel. That's just on IMDb. It says cast and credits order complete, awaiting verification. So. You know, she she may not have been extra. She may have been, like, a decently in, involved character. Possibly, yeah. But it, it's it's giving us more information on the fact that she's, like, extras and all that. I mean, we, I just said she's not extra, but, you know, whatever. She's yeah. uh, minor characters in all these movies, but somehow was on the New York Times bestseller list with, uh, assumingly, her first publishing. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to sort of set the scene for the time that this hit the New York Times bestseller list. Uh, Angie Thomas, the author of The Hate You Give, has been on, at this point, has been on the bestseller list for like, I think a hundred weeks, maybe more. Um, And she's still on the list. Handbook for Mortals didn't knock her off. Um, But it may have knocked her from the first spot. and the hate you give, I think, is still on the bestseller list right now. Um, and there was a movie about it. It's a very popular young adult book about the very important topic of um, police violence and racism. Okay. I, I have seen parts of this, yes. Yeah. Um, I also want to point out, uh, I think it's a little strange that her author biography is longer than her book synopsis uh on the one hand yeah that that is weird but i mean you want to kind of like if you don't have much to go off of the synopsis you want to be like i'm a cool author and here, yeah. here's my young adult book and i'm a, i was a young adult touring with a bunch of bands so i know what being cool is here you go mm-hmm. young adults um and it I, sort of makes sense when you know that her book is pretty much based on her own life like her main character is a self-insert yeah hey you know i i used to give arthur's hard times for that but also it's just fun it's fun to do yeah it's like you know it's fun to live out a little fantasy in that and like here you go here i am in this weird world 
Um, right, I'm not going to hate anybody uh, just based on that one fact. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will criticize people for doing uh, some of the things that we're about to talk about, though. Yeah. Uh, so this started as a screenplay. As you can tell from her bio, she's very into uh, film and acting. Uh, so she wrote this as a screenplay. Uh, you know, that's not strange for the publishing process. Yeah. So far, so good. Yeah. So then she meets Thomas Ian Nicholas. He was in the American Pie movie, maybe more than one. I don't know. I haven't seen that since I was like 15. He's in a, he's in, uh, a couple of those, yeah. Okay. So she met Thomas Ian Nicholas from the American Pie films and promised him a role and producer credit if he, if he helped her get the movie made. And he was super interested in getting this movie made. When you read like interviews from him, though, he doesn't really mention much about the screenplay. He mostly talks about how he wants to be in a film and produce a movie. And then the author kind of pointed out, like, oh, well, you liked my plot twists, too. And he was like, yeah. <laughs> That's the <laughs> ultimate dismissal. It's like, Jesus. He's mm-hmm. like, I get where he's come from. It's like, I have an in. I don't, I don't begrudge him at all at this point. Yeah. Um, it's like, here's this, like, here's a money dispenser that's going to help me get like a foot in the door for producing stuff Mm -hmm. uh so the book takes or the screenplay and the book take place in vegas um and so the the character in the book meets carrot top Uh um and so allegedly uh the author promised carrot top a role in the movie as well and so she had to put him into the book I don't, you know what, that's cool. I, I like that. That's not like a weird thing, honestly, to me. That's kind of like, if it's taking place in an alternate reality or close to our reality kind of story, I, mm-hmm. I would appreciate that. Unless it's like, too much. It's yeah. just kind of funny to me that it's Carrot Top. <laughs> it's just, it's really funny how like, I don't know, uh, maybe you could call them D-list celebrities keep coming up in this story. Uh-huh. Like, anything that she can do to be associated with any kind of fame yeah it seems like she's gonna do it that's the that's where it's getting weirder and weirder because like Mm -hmm. i i want to know who she's related to um a that would allow her to travel with bands at 15 i i hope the parents went with her but probably didn't Um, who knows who knows we don't i don't want to make too many assumptions about this person yeah but it's it's very strange so this is like this is the weird stuff like, the Snape wives were, like, normal weird. This is extra weird. Yeah. Um, she did, I believe, grow up in Vegas. And from what I've heard from people who grew up in Vegas, this is uh, pretty on brand. Yeah, it makes knowing the American um, systems in place there. It makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. Both in Hollywood and Los Angeles and Vegas and all the, like, big cities. I get it. Yeah. So I think somebody approached her and suggested that she turn her screenplay into a book uh, because so many movies and TV shows are adaptations of uh, best-selling books. So what she did was she published this book. She just, like, a common theme in this story with her is just, like, 
approaching people and asking for things and then getting them like i don't know if she's the most charismatic person to ever exist or if she's just lucky i don't know what's going on there but she just a lot of things fall into place for her i have spoiled this a little bit for myself by looking up handbook for mortals mm -hmm. and scrolling down and seeing uh people also search for onision's terrible books Oh no. So, okay, I kind of have like terrible vibes from all of this now. Uh-huh. So, um the way that she sells uh this book is she goes around to a bunch of comic cons with Thomas Ian Nicholas. Uh they didn't even have copies of the book yet. Um but he's just selling like a promise to send a copy of the book to people and i guess he's saying that he'll sign it too um and they claim that they sold thousands of copies of the book um without even having it physically through comic-con and because this semi-famous person was peddling them um i don't know if you've been to any conventions or specifically comic cons because when you hear comic con you think of the big like new york comic con yeah. uh with a bunch of people um but i've worked quite a few comic cons you basically i don't really know how it works but you can get the rights to put on a comic con and most of them are very small yeah uh, I, i've never been to a comic con but i've been to uh actually like only one where I stayed for more like more than a couple hours mm -hmm. um and that's one that happens down Detroit that I can't remember the name off the top of my head but it's very fun it, it was very cool I love cons uh but it, it's I I know that some of them are like we had one in our town that was like four tables and it wasn't a mm -hmm. comic-con it was just really sad yeah um that's just, just I get where this is going I know yeah like at these comic cons you have celebrities ranging from like the most famous person i've seen at a comic con was um david tennant uh i didn't get to meet him but i like saw him across the room um and then you have people who are and i don't want to say i don't want to like shit on them and say you know they're not famous but uh they're more like people that you recognize only if you're a fan of their work um you know like production people or uh people who haven't been in anything in a long time and they're just from this like cult classic and people are like oh i'm gonna meet that guy from the goonies uh those are the types of people that you can see it at some of these comic cons yeah for sure uh so for them to insinuate that they sold thousands of copies just because the actor from American Pie was selling them I find that extremely hard to believe just from my own um, experience being at, at these smaller comic cons uh, and even at like New York Comic Con uh, like Neil Gaiman has gone to these conventions and doesn't sell thousands of books no. most people don't go to buy books because it, yeah. it's like why would you you order them off amazon or go to the bookstore that's where you go yeah. to buy books you go to comic-con to meet people and like uh buy overpriced stuff that's not books 
Right, and if you're going to meet an author, usually you already have their book and you just bring it for them to sign. And that's why they charge money for signatures, because they know, you know, I'm not going to sell that many books, but if I charge for signatures, people are going to have stuff for me to sign. Um, So then, of course, uh, the New York Times doesn't take convention sales into account. Um, So... But she wanted her sales to count towards the bestseller list. Um, So what they did was call up bookstores and place bulk orders uh, for the novel. Since they didn't have the physical copies yet, and they were going to ship them to the people who already bought them. Okay, so they basically scammed, like, ghost orders. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's exactly where I thought it was going, and, like... That's that's a big problem with a lot of like a lot of things, like especially on the New York Times list. That this isn't like a this is the first time it happens sort of thing. This is, happens all the time. <laughs> yeah, this is just like the first time that it's been a book that nobody's heard of because mm-hmm. this hit the New York Times list, and everybody on book Twitter was like, "Has anybody heard of this? Has anybody read this?" And everybody was like, "No." Um, usually what publishing companies do is they know that social media sells books. And so they send advanced reader copies to known book bloggers to get them to help sell the book before it comes out. And nobody had gotten any advanced copies of Handbook for Mortals. And again, nobody had heard of it. Yeah, that's, um, that's something super simple that even like the author can do in their spare time too. It's like... Word of mouth is the best form of advertising. That's why we see more and more of these days. Um, and I mean, it's always been this way too with advertising stuff. Yeah. That you have big name actors talking about products. You don't have like just some random person like, hey, I love this Tempur-Pedic bed. Right. Um, I don't know any actors who have done Tempur-Pedic ads, but like that's just the first like product <laughs> yeah. I could think of because I was looking at new beds earlier. <laughs> um, and it, it's always like, Word of mouth is the best way of selling things and something we have to do at the end of these episodes is start saying, hey, recommend the show to friends. Um, so hopefully exactly. we start remembering that. Uh, but it, it's falsifying sale records is a very fast and easy way to be outed as an industry plant like this. Mm-hmm. And uh, what this did generate a lot of buzz for the book after it hit the bestseller list by, you know, fraudulently. Um but people, uh, like, I, uh, stumbling over my words. Um, a YouTuber that I watch who focuses on book content bought the book just to read it and see what it was all about and vlogged the experience of reading it. And he was like, this book is horrible. This is awful. Uh, this is almost unreadable. So not only did she pretty much fraudulently make it to the top of the bestseller list it was with a book that didn't deserve that spot especially when you think about the hate you give uh this amazing book about this super important topic being on that list at the same time and maybe even being like docked uh a spot because of this awful book (laughs) that is basically a publicity stunt so that she can get a movie made from it yeah that's nuts yeah that it's that's like the worst thing i've heard (laughs) (laughs) like we've covered some weird stuff this is just like 
like I said, I spoiled it by saying that it's like looked up with Onision's terrible books, which yeah. I've read. I've heard reviews on those because I hate Onision so much. Same. Um, so I, I I literally listened to like a review of each of his books, and they were super terrible. And yeah, the fact that I saw that this is lumped in with those, like, oh no, I immediately knew that things were gonna get fucking rowdy mm-hmm. with how bad this went. Yeah. Um, that's really upsetting to me. That's I hate people that do this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And she she's been interviewed. There's a pretty good um, article that I'll link uh, where she was interviewed about this, and she has like she doesn't see that what she did was wrong. And the only thing she said about it was like, "Oh yeah, maybe next time I do this, I'll send out arcs." to book bloggers but um yeah i might do this again for the sequel that's shitty like that's yeah. just that's super shitty i hate that i hate yeah. that this person's very bad this is a bad person yeah I'm, we probably won't say that very often about people on the show but this is just a bad person who's doing bad uh-huh. things it's not a not a nice thing to do at all well i'm just mad now <laughs> i know well we've uh we're gonna end on a much more light-hearted note yeah, uh, I, this I, is... I'm so happy that I I only read the title of this next part. Good. Um, so this next segment is going to be about Dick Soapgate, as it has been dubbed by Twitter. How do we talk about, how does one define Dick Soapgate? Is it soap specifically for washing penises and balls? Or is it the other interpretation where it is in the shape of a dick? It is the latter. Okay, that's okay. <laughs> the first is good. Men need to wash their dick and balls. Please, please yeah, do that, it. Please. So many don't. Please do it. We're begging you. <laughs> please do that. <laughs> Getting dick-shaped soap can be fun and funny. Uh-huh. It can be. It can be. Things shaped like dicks can be fun and funny. When I went to Italy in high school, uh, I saw so many dicks everywhere. Um, Italians must just think dicks are hilarious because there was dick-shaped pasta. Uh, there were, uh, they were selling dick candles, dick sculptures, uh, aprons that had dicks on the front. It was a good time. Yeah, I mean, that's the things like some cultures can have desexualized the penis, which is cool and good to do. Yeah. Um, and it, it's fine to do that. And the, the main thing is seeing the dick consensually. Yes. It, that's very important. That's the most important part. And most of the stores, like, hey, we got dicks in the store. You know, that's, you're not walking up like, whoa, there's a lot of dicks here. I didn't see oh my God. Coming, coming in, yeah. in advance. Most of them are like, hey, this is like a dick store. You know, deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this, uh, how do I even start with Dick Soapgate? Have you heard of Sarah J. Mass or A Court of Thorns and Roses? I think I've heard of, a, let me look it up. Like with yeah. most books, I think I've seen the cover. Yeah, they sell it in Target. Um, yeah, I've, just, se- I've seen the cover mm-hmm. and I thought the name was interesting. Yeah, it, it, was trending recently because they announced that it's getting a TV show, which uh, I don't even want to get into that. Um, this is a 
highly debated series uh-huh, on book uh-huh. Twitter. Um, you either love Sarah J. Moss or you hate her. Okay. Um, her other young adult fantasy series was one of the first series I read when I was getting back into reading, and I loved it at the time. Um, but that was like six years ago, and looking back, I, I couldn't even finish the series because by the time the newer books were out, I had moved on, and I was like, these are not for me. Um, I, and... I will say very quickly that they've got uh-huh. good reviews on Goodreads. Yeah. So, I mean, it, I've read some books that are well-reviewed that I didn't like, but I knew that they were, like, decent books. So I'm assuming that these are well-written. Um, yeah, they're not they're not terrible. Maybe and not, I... like, the best stories, but, like, she knows what she's doing. Yeah. Like, I'm not gonna judge anybody for liking them, but they... Her series, A Court of Thorns and Roses, is a little notorious because it's it's young adult uh-huh. fantasy, and it kind of draws from the Omegaverse, if you know what that is. I don't. What is this? <gasps> oh boy. Okay, we'll get more into this in a future um, episode, but it's a fantasy series about fairies, and in sculpting her fairy culture hold on uh she draws no 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 no. we gotta go back a second (laughs) okay i looked it up we gotta stop Uh uh-huh stop the presses Uh uh-huh is the omegaverse all mpreg stuff male pregnancy stuff is that it's not no okay that doesn't have anything to do with these books okay okay all right good 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 good, yeah we're not gonna quite get to that in this episode we will in the future okay because like i like i said before i won't kink shame people you know Mm -hmm. everybody's into their own thing there are plenty of species where uh traditionally like not traditionally like biologically what you consider masculine things can get pregnant like seahorses whatever that's you know that's beside the point um, I just looked up Omegaverse and all it was all literally all like, hey, men can get pregnant in this series. Like, oh, what does that have to do with anything we were just talking about? Yeah, okay. so it Whew. it it has it comes from wolves and okay. that study about like alpha, beta, and omega wolves. Yeah, that, which was proven false. The by false the way. study where like captive wolves went insane. Yeah, I get. Yeah. Yeah, so it's about kind of applying wolf fake wolf psychology biology and psychology to adult humans slash anthropomorphic people okay um and so it's clear that sarah j mass pulled a lot of stuff not everything but she she pulled some inspiration from Omegaverse fan fiction, which is where this originated. Okay, you know, a, as a an interesting plot device that can be, even though it's a flawed study, that could be something interesting to explore. I you know I don't hate the idea of it. I just hate yeah. when people think it's the fact and truth of the world. Right. Um, and Omegaverse has like it went viral on TikTok recently, having to do with Ramadan, which will. We'll have a whole episode about that. But it's, they've got their own lore, they've got rules, it's fascinating. Um, So, in the books, the fairies sort of mate for life. And these aren't like little fairies, these are like the fae. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, So, they mate for life, they will like 
bite their mate to like mark them like actively like they keep doing it or is it just like a one-time thing i'm not sure okay either way it's it's a little weird but like it's a different culture in the story whatever i get it yeah i think it's actively like during romantic activities okay you know whatever that's that's a story plot device whatever people do that people do it maybe not for the same purposes no well some some definitely yeah kind of yeah some definitely uh but so it's not completely unrealistic it's not unreal yeah this is just it's still weird but not bad Mm -hmm. it gets a little weird when you think about the fact that this is a young adult series and the scenes for a young adult series are pretty explicit okay that's Um, where we're running into some trouble yeah yeah so there was a little bit of controversy and there's been some controversy about this being labeled young adult and it it just has to do with the publishing industry really and how they think that young adult is going to sell better than stuff for slightly older people Mm -hmm. um but she did label her most recent book in the series new adult um and it got me kinkier what <laughs> there's new adults new there's adult new just ad- dropped it's it's called new adult and it's for like 20 somethings and there's not that many books in the new adult genre and most of them are like weirdly sexual and poorly written and there's a whole hot debate about young adult versus new adult and how a bunch of adult fantasy authors have to age down their characters to be marketable and it's a whole thing Mm-hmm. I just I think it's so funny that it's named New Adult and like yeah I love, New Adult just dropped I love that meme it's so funny to me like yeah the one that made me laugh the most is like uh it was like new new pizza just dropped but it was like a burger with pepperoni and cheese on it I was like that's, that's Cyrus's the... favorite uh pizza that's that's just so nuts. it's funny that's your example um but yeah I'm I'm I've given you way too much context but it's just really interesting to me and i know yeah, way no, too it, much about is, it this is super interesting to get into the that uh let's get back to the dick soap <laughs> yeah so now that you know about a court of thorns and roses um there's this uh subscription box called the book boyfriend box and it has different themes um it usually excuse me <laughs> it usually comes with stuff like bookmarks Throw blankets, candles, keychains, uh-huh. nice merch things. centered around books and fictional men in books. Um, so this box was um, featuring the Court and Thorns of Roses series, um, which again is notorious for being pretty sexual for a young adult series. Um, they did have a disclaimer on their Instagram post about the box that it was not safe for work and it was for 18 plus. That's important to the context, yeah. Yeah, it's a little weird to think about and there's a a pretty hot debate about adults reading young adult novels and sexualizing the characters and then making 18 plus content for the teen i don't know how old they're supposed to be in the book series i don't know if they're teens or if they're adults but uh we you get into some murky water yeah absolutely absolutely so the box came with some stuff like not safe for work art um you should look up the picture okay because it's pretty funny so what am i gonna look up this look up book boyfriend box 
and that's a like court of thorns. Uh, yeah, maybe throw in a court of thorns and a roses. Court. Yeah, auto completing for me. Images. Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's nuts. Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. <laughs> so it came with that. It came with a fan written smut novella, and the most notorious item in this box was a purple bar of soap shaped like a dick that had a suction cup on it. Yeah, I I am glad that it's not a giant one. Because that's just mm-hmm. false representation, you know. Yeah. The, the American average is, you know, on the lower side. It's like four to five inches. Right. That's, Definitely that's, okay, lower listen. than what people would make you think. Yeah, and it's I. It's also a TikTok thing. We'll get a little sidetracked talking about penises in our podcast about nerd stuff. It's a new TikTok thing where uh, uh, a lot of women are like, hey, you know what, guys? It's uh, we like Some people like small dicks. It's yeah. Even calling them small dicks is like, me growing up in a society where it's like, yeah, that's small. It's 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 so weird, but it, it's nice to see people talking about like, you know, uh, it's not bad to have a penis that isn't uh, over like six inches. Yeah, I I personally have always been put off by the like mega jumbo monster dick yeah, fascination. Exactly. It's it's like it's what am I supposed strange. to do with all that? And it was always <laughs> like, I'm not gonna air too much on this but it's always like weird for me because like i i don't look like that so i don't like this you know it's not the content i want to consume on the internet so it's 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 off-putting anyways let's talk about this dick soap yeah Uh, it had a suction cup on it so i guess you Uh could why (laughs) why does i i know why it would have a suction cup on it i've been on the internet i get it yeah Um, and like but why For does this, soap? This soap like, specifically, that doesn't make any sense. You're not really supposed to put that there. Yeah, you know? exactly. And like, I'm pretty sure they had to have a disclaimer that was like... They, oh, absolutely. Like, This it, soap is get, for external use. You would absolutely only. get your ass sued right off. It, it's, it's not safe. Um, I don't have a vagina, so I can't speak to the maintenance and upkeep that actually goes into it. But I know like vaguely that you're not supposed to use soaps on it in general. Yeah. I, Technically, I, I'm not supposed to use soaps on my bits either, unless it's, like, specifically uh, neutral. Right. It, sometimes it can cause damage, and I've had, like, I've had chemical burns in the region before because I use, like, aggressive soaps. It's Ugh. not fun, and it's never, yeah. like, thankfully it's always been, like, mild, but, like, mild in the bad zone is too bad. It's way too yeah. bad. Yeah, you definitely, like, I'm gonna come out and say it. You don't want to fuck soap. Twitter was insane on this day. A, a pretty popular uh, book blogger got the book boyfriend box uh-huh. and, like, unboxed it in a series of tweets and was, everybody was just going insane. Somebody tweeted in all caps, like, don't fuck the dick soap. Um, that, that makes sense. It's good for people to know uh good for people to be active and like hey please don't get out i i'm on such a weird like fence in this because i don't know the series i don't know if they're mm-hmm. kid like teens or kids or what the fuck's going on if they're presented as children and it's a problem i think it's funny like yeah it, it's a funny box yeah it, and that was the vibe mostly like a couple people were like uh this is a young adult series what are you doing but it, at the same time, it was just so absurd. And also, they put warnings on it. Uh, we could get into how it's maybe inappropriate to even sexualize this series, but I just, I don't even know. I don't know enough about it to have an opinion. Yeah. 
Um, but it is hilarious to me. And also, there was a good point in uh, brought up that you should not be selling fan fiction. I'm. I don't know if that's even legal. That is a a weird area because it it covers like the same like is this transformative enough to be like internet content like sarc like, what is it not sarcasm um but it it kind of has the same context of sarcasm where you you present something in a, a different light to make it like parody parody laws yeah is it transformative enough to be a parody law and like I mean you know that there's like weird Pokemon porn where the the actresses in it get dressed up like Pikachu's. Yeah, like that's cursed. I've it's seen it's cursed images content, of that. and like they know that it, they make it specifically because they know that it's cursed. And it's like kind of funny to them, and yeah. it's like I, all the power to them. From what I've heard, they're right. like besides being weird, they're a good company. Uh, yeah. but that's also might be me being completely wrong. Um, selling fan fiction, it has like to me, it has to be transformative enough. And I guess if you write a porn novella about a series, as long as it's not about young characters. Good mm-hmm. for you. You can sell it. I love Chuck Tingle. Uh, he oh yeah. He writes a bunch of really like funny stuff. But if you actually like read the books, they're they're super horny and actual like they are sex books. Yeah. Um, but like all the titles are so funny. Yeah, I I think I follow him on Twitter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was that was Dick Soapgate. It's still brought up like once a month. Uh, even years later. Very funny to me. I I appreciate this. It's a good palate cleanser from the fucking <laughs> the bad stuff that we read. Yeah, yeah. It's a good note to end on. That made me angrier than anything else we've talked about. Just because it's like as a not as like a I'm not a popular creative. I've like like a th- just under a thousand followers on Twitter kind of thing going on. Like more than I ever thought I would have, but less than makes me popular. Um it just makes me mad that people game the system like that and then don't have mm-hmm. any remorse about it. Yeah, and don't have any talent, frankly, to Yeah, that's up. also it, yeah. Because, mm. like, on the one hand, like, if you were, like, a good author and you just weren't getting published and then you pulled, like, the, hey, I tricked the uh, system and here's my good book and people are like, oh, here's a good book. That's completely different than being, like, a bad writer. <laughs> just like, right. I, I need to game the system so that I can get notoriety so that I can make some money. Exactly. All right. Now to make myself unmad again from going back and visiting <laughs> the mad stuff. Go think our, about the dick soap again. Think of the dick soap, and we're going look to, at a picture of it. We're going to filler words again. Yes. Good friend of the show, Doctor Doctor Not a Doctor Phil. Um, we're going to continue uh, the baby gate scandal. Um, that sounds worse than it is. It's <laughs> young Phil and his baby with a mustache. Uh-huh. He the baby young doesn't have Phil. a mustache. The young Phil does. Um, this first comment on this next one he sent me was, can you please, for the 6.23, the uh, 10th power, 23 times, I think that's how you read that, I don't do math, um, me help, me, help me locate my biological egg donor, you and Troy done the locator, I don't know who that is, you say you read every comment, I hope this finds you, McGraw, which, the, the rest of that's like, kind of like, goofy, um, but the, the last part, I hope this finds you, McGraw, just comes off as so aggressive, and I love That's it. That's so scary. I don't think I would feel the need to... First of all, that person, uh, if they're by some chance listening to this, I don't think Dr. Phil is your best bet for finding that person. I think um, a, a good bet. I think a good like start, maybe. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't actually watch Dr. Phil. I don't know anything about the guy. I, I know. I, last thing I know was Bad Bobby. 
Bad Baby. I don't know what the fuck you pronounce her oh, name. Oh, yeah, Bad Baby. That whole thing. Uh, uh -huh. And then the throw, uh, open the door, I'll throw rocks through your window <laughs> sound clip. That's all I know about Dr. <laughs> Phil currently. Um, who's the doctor by the good-looking woman? He looks confused, like I did right after the birth of our first son. I don't know what that means. Why were you confused? And who? Our first son? Dr. Phil had a son with this person? I have no idea. Huh. Uh, just very Was there confusing. some Omegaverse going on? There might be. And the last one's just like a really like sweet actual comment, which we don't read on filler words yet. But I'll, I'll read it because it's, it's just funny to me. Awesome and never forget, Dr. Phil, that being a great husband allows us to do our jobs. You and your sons are all amazing. Wishing you the best, hoping to meet you one day. Love, Colleen and Hennessy. There's They're a lot sweet. to unpack of that. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. No. Being a great husband, I guess, is like the the patriarchal look at like the husband provides for the family, so the women can stay at home and be mothers. Mm -hmm. Which you know, it's we won't get into the, the stuff about that. It's there's pros and cons to a lot of systems that are in place. Yes. Um, a lot more cons these days, especially uh, when you talk, talk about the patriarchy. But like, if that's how you want to live your life, you can do it. Just don't like mm -hmm, make fun of other mm -hmm. people that don't. Whatever. Exactly. I just don't know what this person's talking about. <laughs> I have no context. It's a little incoherent. Uh, but thank you so much for listening. Sorry about getting mad about a person doing bad stuff, but it's gonna happen every once in a while. Sorry um, about making you guys aware of Dick Soapgate, <laughs> but if I had to suffer through it, you do too. Yeah, that is excellent. Uh, <laughs> a great <laughs> apology um, from both of us, if I do say so myself. Yep. Um, thank you again to Midnight Laboratory, Mr. Chris Spectrum, uh, for the music intro and outro. It's cut from the song that he made for me five years ago. Uh, it's called Star Lightning. The only way you can get it is by asking me directly. Which is really like too much power for me to have. Um, we got a premium it's a, offering it's here. It's extremely exclusive. I charge a hundred dollars for a listen. Uh, <laughs> thank you to Acast for having us on Acast. I don't know if they have very much. I mean, they could like remove us if they really wanted to after Dick Soapgate, but I don't know. Yeah. They have Dungeons they... and Daddies, which is my favorite <laughs> Acast production. So yes. I, I can't really see us getting removed for talking about Dick Soap. We can um, talk about Dick Soap. Thank you to Fern for presenting this terrible information to me today. Thank you, Toby, for suffering through this information for my own personal enjoyment. Thank you, Sue Burke, for writing a book about a cool plant. <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah. Definitely linking that in the thing. Thank you. Thank you, Halsey, for um, roasting Maggie Seawater on Twitter publicly so that yes. I could giggle about it. That was a good one. That was a good one. Um, and thank you, listener, for joining us. Um, if you like this and you know somebody who has dick-based soap, either shaped or for dicks, please share this podcast with them. Word of mouth is the best uh, form of advertising, as we talk about in this one. And uh, going in the future, we'll, we'll try to remind everyone to share our shows with them, with a friend, yeah. with a mother, father. It doesn't matter. Just Well, maybe not mother or father on this episode, but the other ones. <laughs> If you have a cool mom. Yeah, cool moms like dick soap. We'll leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks. <laughs> See you Tune around. in next time for oh, no. some more chaos. See you later. Bye.